to Today on Broadway for Tuesday, January 8th, 2019. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I am Broadway star's James Marino. Did you did you forget your name? I, I did. You know, I was reading the script and I'm like, I should know this without reading it, but I... <laughs> I mean, I have your name in there. Yeah, says, yeah, you do. And I'm Broadway. Star. Okay, all right. Well, uh, maybe you were just so excited by the fact that we will be at BroadwayCon on Saturday at ah. eleven fifteen that you got distracted. So, just in case anybody hadn't heard us plugging that, please come. James is going to have cookies, right, James? Absolutely. You know who the uh, mascot of BroadwayCon is? Uh, Gritty. Uh, Garth Drabinsky. You can get an official Garth. I don't. I don't want that. Yeah. Garth. <laughs> Do you Party get on, Wayne. Broadway con? Oh, I see what you're picking up. I'm, I'm picking up what you're putting down. I got Okay, you. excellent. Well yeah. done. Excellent, perfect. Yeah. So, yeah, he could have a seminar on producing on Broadway and keeping two sets of books. <laughs> I want to be a producer. <laughs> yeah, I was hearing about a story that was uh, very similar to that that happened in real life. Anyway, so yeah, Broadway Con, uh, just uh, days away, and uh, I guess uh, we really ought to organize what we're doing. Yeah, I'll, I'll send you something tomorrow. Oh, great. Yeah, as long as I don't have to do it. Yeah, that's All good. Right, fair. Good. That's fair. All right. So uh, first up in the news, <laughs> Actors' Equity officially goes on strike. Yeah, James, we talked about the possibility of this happening on yesterday's show. And later in the day on Monday, it became official as the Actors' Equity Association's National Council authorized a strike on all commercial developmental projects. That includes not only productions working on shows via the lab contract that is at the center of the current negotiations between AEA and the Broadway League, but also productions developing shows via workshop agreement and staged reading contract and staged reading guidelines. All of those projects have been put on Equity's do not work list, meaning that any Equity member that does participate in those projects will be risking their union status. Now, James, with new Broadway shows coming over the the rest of this season, over the next few months into the summer, a number of them will be looking to have final labs and workshops before making their Broadway bows, including Moulin Rouge, which is supposed to have one, uh, I think, in, in March uh, or April. But Beetlejuice as well started their lab on Monday and then I guess presumably had to stop. I haven't seen anyone post anything about it, but I haven't really been uh, been looking for that specifically. I know Andrew Keenan Bolger mentioned on social media that he had to walk out of an undisclosed rehearsal of some sort once the strike was confirmed. Now, James, usually when strikes happen uh, on Broadway, they don't typically last a long, uh, a super long time. Some musician strikes and stagehand strikes have lasted longer than others. This one, obviously, as of now, has not yet impacted shows actually having the ability to have performances on Broadway, and hopefully, it doesn't get to that. But with your experience working in 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 this field for decades now, how much pressure do you think this puts? on the Broadway league to make a few extra concessions to meet actors equity somewhere in the middle and get this resolved so they can get back to the business of getting shows ready for commercial runs. I don't think this puts any pressure on league. Uh, really? Yeah, because it's out of sight, out of mind. The public doesn't see it. The public doesn't understand it. Uh, I, 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 foresee this as being something where 
this is not going to have much of an impact right away. It's going to impact the shows that you'd mentioned just now, but that's a handful of producers versus the entire rest of the league. And the league is like marching cats in a straight line. You know, it's like every producer's out for themselves in the league. They don't act as one hardly ever. So, you know, unless it impacts them, that specific member directly, I can't imagine them being too concerned about this. Really? I'm, I'm, I'm shocked. I would have thought that this feels like it is cutting the legs out from under shows that have already had a significant investment in getting a show to Broadway, like Moulin Rouge, sure. like Beetlejuice. Absolutely. And, and the producers of Moulin Rouge and Beetlejuice, are, I'm sure, are very concerned <laughs> about this, but they're only yeah. a small number in percentage compared to the rest of the league members. Yeah, but I, I, you know, I kind of thought maybe because they are so significantly impacted, they might start to make a larger ruckus. Uh, you know how they say the the vocal minority often is able to push a discussion forward. Uh, I kind well, of thought that might be what this strategy is. Maybe it's not, maybe it's just not loud enough because there's not, maybe they would have done this in the fall. There might've been more folks looking to do labs, but it's, uh, it's definitely a, a strategy. We've talked about this before, James. We generally are very much in line with Actors' Equity's Endgame. We don't always agree with their methods. I don't know enough about this to be honest with you to have a, a, an insight one way or the other um, on this this one. But it is a strategy, and we will see if it continues to help or to be something that the Broadway League can brush aside. I'm going to tell you a little secret about the league. Don't tell anybody else, okay? So listen. Okay. To the... Promise. It's very very quiet here. The league members don't like each other. That's fair. So you're, what you're saying is, is that <laughs> if something is bad for one group of producers, the rest of the producers might enjoy that. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. Okay. Well, I guess uh, <laughs> I, I, I guess that that idea of the Broadway uh, community looking out for each other is nothing more than a bunch of hooey. Well, uh, it, it it carries all the way until you get to the producers. Which is which is why you have some producers cooking books and having uh, productions having to close because they are lying about how much money they're making. You don't have an organization called Broadway Cares, the League Fights AIDS. <laughs> That's a good point. Good point. You know, and these are the people with all the money. <laughs> you know, all the actors who make basically, you know, very, very little to no money are the people raising money for all the other people in the Broadway community. Anyway, huh. oh, this is a good second topic. Let's talk about last week's Broadway grosses. Define good topic, James, uh, because it oh, was Oh, come a... on. Last week's grosses were so I know, I know. out of whack. They were so they were. amazing. You can't imagine. You can't go, you know. And you said that. I think last week you said yes, they're definitely yes. going down this week. Yeah, of course. We knew that. But it was an especially bloody week at the box office, at least in terms of the amount of red on that grosses sheet that came out around three o'clock on Monday. Only two of Broadway's 36 shows last week saw week to week gains. <laughs> One of those was Torch Song, which ended its Broadway run and got a nice boost from that. The other was True West from Roundabout, which went from four to seven performances. So I would hope it increased uh, in its bottom line. Torch Song finished its Broadway run on a $276,000 frame over at the Helen Hayes. Now, Considering that we were coming off of the week between Christmas and New Year's, of course, this was to be expected, as you mentioned, James. After all, Broadway turned in receipts 
um, uh, worth $37,530,273, which in a normal week is fairly admirable, even if you don't realize that six of the main stem shows only played seven performances last week. So that obviously had a negative impact. That's almost, you know, for an entire playing week, if you add them up all together in total, though, the bottom line was down over $20 million or 35.08% from the previous week. But again, no shocker there since new year's day fell on a Tuesday and there were probably not a ton of tourists left in town. Uh, they probably, left after Christmas or got the heck out of Dodge before all the crazy people flooded Times Square for New Year's Eve. Now, we only after three the previous week, we only had one show break three million dollars last week. And that, of course, was Hamling falling from its lofty perch previously above four million dollars. It brought I know I'm worried about it posting a closing notice. Um, it brought in three million three hundred forty four thousand two hundred sixty one dollars. It was followed by The Lion King at two point four seven million. Cursed Child at two and a quarter mil and Wicked at two point zero four. They were followed by Frozen, Aladdin, To Kill a Mockingbird, Dear Evan Hansen, Mean Girls, The Book of Mormon, Phantom of the Opera, Network, The Share Show, School of Rock, Come From Away and My Fair Lady, all above seven figures. I told you that. Torch Song was one of the only two shows to increase its box office last week. The other was True West, as I said, which brought in 418K in seven shows. However, as you know, Torch Song closed, as I mentioned, but it wasn't the only one to shutter on Sunday. Along with Torch Song, Head Over Heels closed on a seven performance week that brought in about $343,000. Once on this island, closed a regular playing week at just over $727,000, which is a really nice total for them. And the play that goes wrong ended its Broadway run just north of four. $197,000 last week. We are also keeping an eye on the prompt, which did have a substantial dip, but it did go from nine performances to eight performances last week, falling almost 319K. But it still did about 618,000, which certainly isn't great. But if you take out the previous week's nine show holiday frame, it is actually the show's highest gross total of its Broadway run. So that's good. They will have to have a seven show week at some point to offset the nine shows that they played last week. But things are trending in the right direction for the prom James. So, you know, I, again, you can't take a lot from these massive six figure drops for a ton of shows. Um, the band's visit is a show that even though it only played seven performances last week, you have to be concerned by the fact that it only brought in five hundred thirty four thousand seven hundred eighty five dollars. There is rumors of a casting change at the top of that ticket where Tony Winter Katrina Link might be heading out of town and being replaced by a uh, Tony nominee who's done quite a few uh, different shows, but uh, only recently made a Broadway debut for a Tony nominated role. So we'll see if that actually happens. But some shows to keep an eye on, James, as we inch forward into the spring, you have to wonder if some of these things that have been around for a while are going to make it into the summer uh, or if they're going to be somehow replaced very, very quickly. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've been talking about those people who are bordering on making your list. Uh, so, yep. uh, you know, it's, uh, come springtime, you have to prune the garden. So, all right. Uh, theater stars take home trophies at the Golden Globes. Yeah, I don't, uh, how, did you watch any of the Golden Globes, James? Nope. Okay. I didn't think you did, but, uh, it, the Golden Globes, if you ever listened to Jennifer McHugh and I on Sound Like a Pop when we used to do that show, we often talked about the weirdness that is the Golden Globes because things very rarely make mm. sense. Yeah. There's a there's a ton of 
reporting that's been done over the years as to actually who makes up the Hollywood Forum Press, uh, who votes on these awards. And some of them are very even are very limitedly, even remotely connected to being an entertainment reporter, but they get a vote anyway. But in addition to some really weird things, I will say before we go, though, that Sandra Oh and Andy Samberg were fantastic as the hosts, mm. bringing a nice guy thing. So I really enjoyed that. But running through some of these awards, Glenn Close won for Best Actress in a Motion Picture Drama for The Wife. We also saw Christian Bale winning for Vice, playing Dick Cheney um, for Best uh, uh, Best Actor in a Motion Picture Musical or Comedy. James, many people were surprised by the fact that Christian Bale is British. Uh, when he gave his acceptance speech, he actually, uh, I don't know if you saw this, he thanked Satan. Yeah, because, I heard that. Yeah. <laughs> because he was playing it Dick Cheney. Cheney he felt, yeah. Yeah. He, he thanked Guidelines. Satan yeah. for, uh, yeah, for uh, giving him inspiration on how to play Dick Cheney. But uh, British theater star Olivia Coleman won for The Favorite and thanked her bitches for all of the help. Um, Mahershal Ali won for Green Book. Regina King, If Beale Street Could Talk. Um, and then if you keep going down a little bit more, uh, Lady Gaga and the other songwriters wrote for Shallow, the song from A Star, a star Is Born. Uh, a Broadway and off-Broadway star and television star now, Rachel Brosnahan won for Best Actress in a TV series comedy for the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Kirk Douglas won for the Kaminsky method for best actor in a TV series comedy. Um, and Darren Chris picked up, uh, in addition to his Emmy award, he picked up a golden globe for best actor in a limited series or TV movie for the assassination of Johnny Versace and erstwhile John Proctor and Michael Banks, Ben Wishaw won for an, uh, a very English scandal for Best Supporting Actor in a TV Series, Limited Series, or TV Movie. And James, one that I really, really liked, and I doubt that very many people picked up on this, but Patricia Clarkson won for HBO's Sharp Objects in the category for Best Supporting Actress in a TV Series, Limited Series, oh. or TV Movie. As she made her way up to the stage, she hugged Amy Adams, who's her co-star on that show, and then she stopped and hugged Bradley Cooper, who was very in the front row. And you think, I can't think of any movies that they've been in. If you remember, they did a little show called The Elephant Man on Broadway together. So when yeah. I saw them do that, I was like, oh, that's awesome that they have a nice relationship after uh, after doing that show on Broadway. So uh, congratulations to all those folks. These things have very little to zero meaning when it comes to the Academy Awards coming up uh, February, March. I forget when they are. They haven't announced a host yet, so I can't remember when it is. But, um, you know, they're wacky. They're weird. They're fine. They're the Golden Globes. Uh, do you think like the Golden Globes are like the, the, the drama desk awards of, uh, of Hollywood? No. I would never do that because I enjoy too many people that are drama desk voters. The difference is, is that the drama desk voters are people who are actively, they're critics. Um, the, the, um, uh, the Hollywood foreign press are not actually critics. They are oh. more reporters. They would be like the equivalent of, of Michael Paulson, um, or some other people writing for entertainment weekly writing for them, but who aren't critics. So there's a little bit of a difference in terms of the demographics for what the Hollywood <laughs> foreign press is. Um, as opposed to something like the drama desks or when you start to get into the Academy Awards who are actually artists of members some of sort of Academy. crap. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So they are they're not even media members. So that's a very different set of voting groups. So this the equivalent would be if you had let's say you had the drama desks where you had all critics and then for the Tonys, instead of just letting a bunch of producers and road presenters uh, vote, you actually had 
equity actors, um, stagehand union actors, choreographer uh, union actors, uh, musicians and all that stuff be the actual voters for the Tonys. That's how it would be a little bit. Well, but no, I'm saying if it was just that as opposed to have those and then that crap ton of producers and road presenters as well involved in the uh, the, the voting machinations for the Tony Awards. Uh, it's interesting because uh, Michael Paulson and the Entertainment Weekly are Tony voters. <laughs> they are the few journalists that have been able to retain their Tony voting privileges. Not cool, dude. Not cool, dude. So uh, before we get out of here, I just wanted to mention that uh, I saw on Facebook that Andy Zerman had passed away, and lots of folks don't don't know who Andy Zerman is unless you're a Broadway performer or somebody who's worked on Broadway shows in the 80s and 90s. Andy was a casting director, uh, best known for Johnson Liv Zerman, uh, <clears throat> and uh, passed away uh, in the last couple of days, and I've seen a lot of tributes on Facebook about them, and just getting the word out there to folks who might have known Andy that uh, this this had happened. It's um, it, he's had quite a challenging life, and if you know Andy's story, it's it's one that is inspirational. All right, Matt, why don't you get us out of here? All right. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW Matt. James, one more show we will record tonight, Tuesday night. And then I'm getting on a jet plane and heading on up to the greatest city in the world. All right. We can't wait for you to get here. Don't forget the cookies. And my name is James Marino from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. Natalie said she wanted schmackeries. I was like, oh, no, I have to take out a loan to get schmackers sure, for everybody know, at BroadwayCon. Yeah, things yeah, like that. Good, good cookies, very expensive. Yeah, yeah. And uh, thanks for spending some of your Tuesday with us. Matt and I will be back to talk with you tomorrow. 